You are listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. We invite you to join us on the exciting journey of following Jesus and bringing the kingdom of God wherever we go. This episode was recorded at the Vineyard Nordic Summer Camp. So confident in it, or at least you'll be less terrified. But so there's a big range of endpoints that we're going to do. My notes, right? And a while ago, I started on this journey because I was uh, responsible for teaching some kids um, prayer, and this was like 14 years ago or something. And they asked me to do it, and I thought what a boring topic. So I said yes to it because how hard can that be? And uh, they had a venue at the back where they were like, children can self-select into prayer ministry. And I thought, no child's going to do that. So I said yes, thinking that this was going to be an easy gig. And uh, you never really know what you think about anything until you have to explain it to a child. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I don't really know if I believe all of this. Uh, so... <laughs> I sort of was terrified in facing this whole, how do I explain prayer to kids? Because every way I tried to explain it in my head, I thought, oh, that's bad. So uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a sort of cash kind of gal. So uh, I had 800 kids that I had to teach. And uh, so I put the first 300, 200, 300 in front of me with no plan for 45 minutes. And I was like, teach me about prayer because I, I want to know what you know about prayer. So I know how to help. And uh, it was very interesting because they began to uh, be very clear, raise their hands and say, well, it is uh, talking at God. You need to sit down. You need to be very still. You need to not use loud voices because God doesn't like loud voices. Uh, You need to. Yeah, it was very specific. Uh, You need to say thank you. Sorry, please. Unless it's an emergency in which you can say help. But you have to remember to say thank you again or else he'll remember it. Uh, I was like, whoa. Uh, you need to, uh, keep your body still cause God gets distracted. Um, you need to make sure you say thank you over meal times or maybe it won't go down well. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Uh, it was very, very detailed, very detailed. Uh, and, uh, and then the charismatic ones were like, you can put your hands out. And I'm like, Ooh, what does the hands out thing do? And they're like, it shows God you're not fiddling <laughs> around. And I'm like, Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so uh, I was like, huh. and so I, I just, oh, you have to say, dear God, you have to say, amen. That was very clear. Um, and so at some point, oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much for taking care of me. Thank you. Uh, and so, uh, I was like, well, wondering out loud in front of children, never a good idea. I was like, what if you don't do any of that? Like, what if you just didn't have to just say, dear God, amen. And thank you. Sorry, please. And What if you could just like talk to God about whatever? And they were horrified. Like all of a sudden I understood what a crowd turning against you felt like. Like they were like, who is this heretic? And they were like, well, then it wouldn't work and it wouldn't be counted as prayer and God wouldn't do what you asked him to do. And they were very offended at me. Uh, And until one girl stood up at the back, very brave. And she's like, I'm not sure what you say is true, but if it was, it would be like talking to a friend instead of like talking to God. And I would do it all the time. And I, thought ooh, ooh. and uh, that uh, really challenged me so after 45 minutes being yelled at by children I went away and was like what do I do and I began to realize that the word prayer has a lot of baggage attached to it is you say the word prayer and we all have instantly in our heads what that means what we like about it what we don't like about it when we've been disappointed about it and I am a lazy children's pastor and I thought I could either argue about prayer 
or name it something different. So I came up with chat and catch primarily so I didn't have to argue about what prayer was. And I wanted to come up with words that communicated to children what it actually was rather than a vague word that meant behaviors. And uh, and so I began to go on the journey of of coming up with chat and catch. And I want to describe to you my choices why and sort of position you to be able to, to lead it well. Um, a, a prime thing that I began to be really aware of as, as these kids are talking is that we have somehow turned prayer into a formula for them. I think because we think that they struggle to talk to God, so we were like, I'll come up with formulas for them to be able to perform. And what happens is that we inserted ourselves into our kids' relationship with God. A really long time ago, uh, in Scripture, with the tabernacle and the temple, there was this whole big setup. There was a, a temple complex, and if you were... And there was this Holy of Holies, and there was a place where God's presence was. This is my drawing of an ark. I know it's so historically accurate that you'll be like, wow. Uh, and so that was where God resided. And if you were a Gentile, if you weren't a Jew, this was as close as you could get to the very presence of God. And if you were a woman, uh, a Jew or a man or a child, you could come into what was called the woman's court. And uh, it was like a little shopping mall uh, where you could, uh, this is where you bought your wine skins so that you could do your things. And this is where if you had a skin disease, you wanted to get checked over, they'd strip you naked, shave you, check you over, and then like give you a little tick. And you were okay to go back into society. That was the leper checking thing. Uh, this is where you made your vows if you wanted to be a Nazarite. And so you had this like all sorts of things that you could do in the temple. And if you were a woman or a regular old man, that was as close as you could get to the presence of God. Uh, if you were a man or a priest, well, congratulations, you were allowed to go into this part of the temple. Good for you. And uh, you got to then be around where the altar was and everything, and you that was still as close as you could get to the presence of God. If you were a priest on the Rhoda, if you were on the Levites, you had to come in five weeks a year to do your thing. Uh, and then you would like roll dice to like check out what your jobs were. So you could be on like giving incense before the Lord himself or mucking out the blood from the altar thing. You never knew what you were on. Woo! Uh, and so if you were a priest, that was as close as you could come to the presence of God. And only one man once a year was able to come into the actual presence of the living God and be face to face with him. And his job was to go between people and God. And so he'd be like, okay, I'm taking all this into the people. And he'd be like, oh, God, forgive us. And then he would have an encounter with God. Or if he hadn't done all of his rituals right, he'd die. And they, because um, God was like, nope, you're not holy enough. And they used to tie a rope around his ankle so they could drag his body out without causing an issue. So then, uh, so they'd come in. And then he would come out and be like, hurrah, everybody, God forgives us. And we'd be like, woo. And we needed a high priest between us and God. And when Jesus came and died and rose again, we, the veil was torn and we no longer need a high priest between us and God. The presence of God that only one man once a year got to experience, we all get to experience every day of our lives. And it is so exciting. And that's what our children get to experience. But we tend to be like, but my child's only four. They need someone to explain God to them. And so we step right back into that high priest role. And we're like, what do you want to pray for? Okay, fantastic. Let's work it. And we begin to make our kids' relationship with God with us as part of it. And we take an ownership of it. And we don't do that when they're dating. We're not like, hello, I can't wait for them to go see the movie tonight. Uh, we don't go with them into it. We know that they need to develop their own relationships, their own friendships. We see them go off and we think, oh, I hope that, I hope I don't have to punch 
punch that kid. Uh, and then they come back and that kid was being mean to you. And you're like, well, now I'm going to have to squish that child's heart. No, I believe that the Lord loves that child too, even though they're mean to my child. And we sort of like, you know, we, we let them go off and we let them come back. And we need to do that for God. Because God didn't, Jesus didn't come die on the cross and rise again so that we can continue to be the high priest for our children. He came so that they could have a one-to-one, he could have a one-to-one relationship with them. And so our job is not to be the high priest, it's not to make it happen. The the Lord doesn't say, let the little children come to me, um, but but they're not going to want to, so we have to drag them kicking and screaming. He said, let them come to me and don't get in the way, don't hinder them. And so our job is not to get in the middle of their relationship, but to create a space for them to meet with God on their own and learn how to develop that one-to-one on their own. Does that make sense? So when we do chat and catch, this isn't one more thing that we're going to get in the middle of and force to make happen. This is a tool to enable them to freely talk to God themselves. So uh, what I found was that the formula doesn't work because it's particularly thank you, sorry, please, but any type of structure we try to give to it because it is a weird relational thing. If you think about it, there's no other relationship in their life that they have to prepare to say something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're going to their grandparents' house and you're like, what are you going to say to your grandparents? Okay, fantastic. I'm not sure that's going to work. Okay, let's try it again. All right, yes, fine. You got it? You know what you're going to say? Great, let's go. Like, that is not a normal relationship process. Um, We don't say, make sure you say to your dad these three things when he comes home. Uh, We don't do that. And particularly with thank you, sorry, please, we're trying to give them ideas of what to say, but we've made thank you, sorry, and please the center of their relationship. The center of my relationship with my husband is not thank you, sorry, please. I don't come home from a day at work and be like, dear husband, thank you for taking the bin bag out of the bin. I'm sorry for turning off your computer before the game was over. Please take the bin bag all the way outside to where it will get picked up. The end. And then leave. That is not the center of my relationship with my husband. I come home and I flop on the couch and I'm like, oh, how to day. And I tell him stories and we laugh and we kiss in the kitchen and we, we, and do I say thank you? Yes. Do I say sorry? A lot. It is not easy to be married to me. Do I say please? Yes. But that is not the center of my relationship. It's just an aspect of it. And when we center our children's relationship with God on that, we turn it into this false sort of performancey thing. But actually, when I look at scripture to see what is the biblical view of, of prayer, I know we always go to the Lord's Prayer, and I think that is an important aspect. But what I mostly look at is the disciples' life with Jesus. He was God on earth. The disciples lived a life of prayer because they lived a life talking to him. And I will guarantee you they did not come down in the morning and be like, Dear Jesus, please pass the bananas. Amen. They talked with him about their hopes and dreams and whatever hit their head. They were on long road trips together. I will guarantee you some sort of ancient game of I spy with my little eye is happening. Whatever road trip games you have, they played with Jesus. They they lived life. I love those little snapshots of them talking about in heaven I'm gonna be the greatest. Like that I don't think that was deeply thought out. I think that was five hours into a journey when they've run out of things to say and we're just talking at some point. Uh, and so I begin to call this chat because because chatting is an informal say anything you want 
talking to God. It's, it's holding nothing back from your heart, which means saying silly stuff like, I'm really sad I have to wear red underwear today because I really wanted to wear the blue ones because they're more comfortable. As well as, my heart breaks every time I see my boss because of the words that they speak over me makes me feel small inside. It's every bit of your heart. It's the Psalms. The Psalms are amazing because the Psalms are not well thought out. They're like, I'm so mad and my friends hate me and it's like awful and I just want to die. I mean, they're just a heart ugh, of, of cry to God. And our kids need permission to do that because when we pray together, we pray like this. Let's pray, everybody. Dear Father, thank you for this day. We put on our, our prayer voice. Oh, Lord. Uh, and we we use big words. Thank you, Lord. You just come bless us now. We use all of these big words, but that is not how you pray in your head. At all. In your head, you're like, I'm so mad, God, that this happened, and I can't believe that. And Ooh, look, that shop opened up. That's exciting. And I can't believe that he did that either. And that's just so frustrating. And I don't know. I just need your help, God. That's how we actually pray in our heads. All our kids see is, dear Jesus. And so they don't know that you can do that in our heads. We need to free them from the formula and say every little thing that goes through your head and heart, God wants to hear and he's there chat to him all the time when i began to do this with kids we found kids who refused to pray out loud go take an hour-long bike rides with god because they were like i'm gonna go for a bike ride with god bye and they would just go off and chat we had uh four-year-olds being caught um uh, there was a foster kid who um, wouldn't talk to anybody about his abuse but they had a little camera in his room in case he was doing some self-harming stuff. And uh, and she was watching. Uh, his foster mom was watching. She was like, what is he doing? And he was playing Legos with God and was just chatting to him all about like what happened and where he was and what he's afraid of and all sorts of stuff. Because he didn't have to think, well, how do I say thank you to God? He just talked to God. And so we need to, to begin to chat. And so how we do this with kids is... I'm trying to check the time. Uh, is one use in create windows yes who was here yesterday excellent i can just say it now create windows into your prayer life that means open up how you actually pray in your relationship with god not how you do your corporate voice thing which means if you're gonna feel crazy i'm just gonna let you know this now you're gonna feel crazy because when you, rather than being like let's pray and get everyone i want you to let your kids catch you praying out loud the way you actually pray in your head <laughs> or else how are they going to know how are they going to know and so when you're praying in the kitchen and nobody's in the kitchen get used to praying it out loud it will feel awkward and uncomfortable there's nothing i can do to help you with that but to be praying out loud and be like god i'm just so happy that you're here and i'm so excited that this happened and god i just pray that you would touch my kids and i'm so mad at that kid that's hurting my kid i pray that you would just stop that now and protect them and however you say it just let your heart cry do that so let them catch you do it so they know it happens when you're doing when you're driving in the car and you see a car accident or something and you go oh god bless them and send your angels and thank you that it's not us and uh take care of them and you know whatever happens in your head let it come out not all the time you don't have to become the person who prays out loud all the time but let it let them have little windows of what's happening inside of you it also means when you pray together start using informal language any christian word that you think take out rather than say the word bless what is a non-christian word for the word bless we don't know figure it out <laughs> because 
because otherwise they, they don't know what does it mean and so make mistakes when you pray um an adult speaks two times faster than a child can understand and so when they hear us pray they hear us rushing prayer but slow down and be like god i love you so much and oh there's something on my foot hold on <laughs> god look at the thing that's on my foot oh i'm so glad we're at camp god and just continue all of a sudden your kids are like is that okay are you allowed to laugh and talk to God? Are you allowed to make mistakes and mess up your words? We sound perfect to our children. And so when we create windows into how our authentic prayer life looks and pray informally around them, it gives them permission that their words are enough. Does that make sense? So create uh, informal language, do that, um, and tell them when you pray. Uh, our kids don't know who prays uh, when you are on the toilet. Yeah. Who prays when you're in the shower? Yeah. Kids don't know that. And so all they know is that you pray at bedtimes and mealtimes. They do not know that you're driving and praying. You're walking and praying. You're taking a shower and praying. They don't know that. And so when you say, all you do is create a window or frame it. Like, right, so I was just chatting to God in the shower, and I was telling him about how I'm nervous about today. And, uh, and he was mentioning about how it would be really good to ask you to pray for me. And your kids will be like, you're praying in the shower and you just create that little frame. You don't have to be like, I have to confess something to you. I pray on the toilet. Like, don't be serious about it. Just, you know, just tell them the story of your life. I was walking down the road and I was chatting to God about my day and about how exciting that movie was. Uh, or I was watching, I always watch TV with God. That's one of my favorite things to do. I, um, I take him to dinner and a movie. Sometimes I buy him garlic bread, but not all the time. And, uh, it's just one of the things I love to do is to, to watch TV with God and make comments throughout because he doesn't shush me. And, uh, but once you tell them the stories, then they go, you can do that. Expand their mind of what is possible by telling your stories of, of chatting to God. Uh, and then you can try it with them. Uh, and so I'm going to try this with you. And uh, this is what we're going to do. I'm, I, this is how I do it in kids ministry. This is how I do it with kids at bedtimes, however you want to do it. So we're going to chat to God. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest something. So you tell them the sort of biblical stuff. Like, you know, you don't have to do all of that stuff. And all the stuff we talked about. Just to be like, just to know, you don't ever have to say anything. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to. You can just talk about God, whatever's in your head. And so you might want to just try practicing that. Because sometimes we got to get used to it. And so uh, we're going to do it now. I would like you to spend some time in prayer. And so we're going to chat to God. If you normally close your eyes, I suggest to keep your eyes open. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest something, and then you're going to tell God either in your head or I want you to whisper it into your hands. Under sevens, under six to sevens, uh, they can't quite uh, keep words in their heads or vis images in their heads. It's why they talk out loud all the time because they don't have that internal processing stuff so when we ask them to pray in their heads it doesn't happen so what i do is i say you know your relationship with god is between you and god so you can tell god stuff that i never hear and so i'm going to suggest you tell things to god and if you want to you can whisper it into your hands so that i don't hear it or have a pillow and you can whisper into the pillow and so that's just between you and god or you can do it in your head if you're older so here we go you ready uh, i would like you to tell god uh, one thing you wish was different about your family and then I want you to nod at me when you're done. Just one. You can do more. I want you to tell God, I kid you not, a joke 
<laughs> I know, and everyone's going, clean, clean, make it clean. <laughs> so I got a joke. If you have any children in your life, there's a knock-knock joke in your head somewhere. <laughs> I want you to tell God, what would you rather have as a pet, an elephant or a bear? <laughs> Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one word that people have called you that has sort of stuck to your heart and make you sad or self-conscious. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God, what would you rather have? The ability to fly or the ability for every hour you sleep to count as three? <laughs> ah, ah, I hear you talking to each other. It's between you and God. You can tell each other later. I want you to tell God one thing that scares you that you see in your kids. You know how sometimes you see a little character issue and you think... We gotta fix that. What's one thing that scares you about your kids? Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one piece of clothing that you would absolutely wear right now that you wish was fashionable again. <laughs> Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one thing about you that you wish he would just snap his fingers and change. Not at me when you're done. I want you to tell God one place in your house that you wish that he would just set up camp so that whenever you're having a bad day, you can just go like put your forehead up against the wall in that room and know that you will connect with him powerfully. You can even show him a picture in your head if you close your eyes and picture where you can see your house in your head. That's one place you can show God pictures. You can show him a picture in your head. We could go on like this for a really long time. But you just spent time connecting with God. And what I did in that is I showed you silly stuff. When was the last time you laughed in prayer with your kids? Um, and I gave you permission to talk about deep stuff. And I gave you permission to talk about your family. And I took you on a journey to say, you can do, talk about all of this. And not once did I find out what it was. I didn't need to. Your relationship with God is none of my business. It's yours. My job is just to create space for you to have it. And the more you do that, the more the kids get used to it. Kids who are small, who like structure, will be like, let's do that thing. And you're like, okay, well, you suggest stuff. And then you suggest stuff. And so we all get in the habit of that. And then at some point, they get earlier. The older they get, the more I'm just like, right, you got 10 minutes with God. Have a chat. See you in a little bit. And they whip out their journals and they start writing to God or they start drawing pictures or whatever. However they want to chat to God, there is nothing you can't say. And it is between you and him. And you can create that structure. But then you can also weave it in. Okay, we're about to go into this, you know, this performance or whatever. Okay, let's just chat to God. Okay, you want to take some moment? You want to just tell God how you're feeling about it. Okay. And, uh, and you can just do that and you can model that for you. Okay, God, I'm about to go into this thing. I'm about to preach or lead worship or whatever. And I'm feeling nervous about it. And, uh, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm kind of wishing you didn't ask me and however you do it, create those spaces, not just at bedtimes, not just at prayer times, but just a moment to say, why don't you just tell God about that first? Does that make sense? Chat. Any questions on chat?
Shall we move on to catch then? Right. So, um, I see in scripture a God who talks back. This is not just us leaving uh, messages on God's answering machine. Uh, God actually responds. Jeremiah 33, 3 Three thirty-three, three says, "Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know." He doesn't say, "Call to me, and I'll be really vague about it, and like maybe just sort of like give you a vague sense." He promises that he would speak. John ten ten talks about him being the good shepherd, and uh, him saying that I will go on ahead of my sheep, and my sheep will hear my voice, and my sheep will know my voice, and they will know my voice so well that they will run away from a stranger's voice. Because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And what I find so powerful about that is that it isn't a did I or didn't I catch God's communications right now at all. It is a process of recognition. If I called your, if I called your phone and, um, and it was unknown number and so you answered it and I'm like, hey, it's me. Would you know who it was? Probably not. You do the really awkward, hey, you, and then try to like get them talking because you can't recognize a voice. If your mother calls on an unknown number and you answer the phone and you hear, you're like, hi, mom. Like, we know our parents' voice so well. I, my mother doesn't, I even get the, I'm like, I, a phone rings and I'm like, oh, I sense that's my mom calling. You know, we know our parents so well that the very breath that they have, we sense. You can be in a field of 200 people, of 1,000 people, and your parent calls out, you're like, that's my, now whether or not you choose to turn around or not, but it sort of pierces to your soul, your parent's voice, because you know it so well. And God's promise is that we will learn to recognize his voice, but we only recognize our parents' voices because we've heard it so much. And our journey of helping our kids catch from God isn't just whether or not they did it at the time, but helping them walk a lifelong journey of learning to recognize his communications in their daily life. I am very much still on this journey. I am guessing that you are very much still on this journey. So in no way do you have to feel like, I've got this nailed, do it like me, child. This is all of us going, God promised this, and we're going to walk it and figure it out, and that's why we're in community. We spent a lot of our times going, I think God's saying this, and I'm not sure I'm still discerning it. That's like a major part of our conversation, and it's just going to be a major part of our kids' conversation. Uh, and so I think it's really helpful to look at Eli uh, in 1 Samuel 3. Um, you know, all know the story of Samuel and Eli uh, when uh, Samuel heard God's voice for the first time. What I find fascinating is looking at it from Eli's point of view. We always look at it from Samuel's point of view. Wasn't it lovely? God just like spoke over him and eventually had an encounter. Wonderful. Uh, but actually, Eli's the much more interesting view and much more relevant to us because it's the first recorded time that we've seen in scripture of a parent figure trying to help a kid discern God's voice in his life. So we're going to look at it from that point of view. Uh, I'm going to read it to you, so feel free to just settle back in and enjoy my dulcet tones. Okay, so um, the Lord, this is in the Old Testament when the tabernacle was sort of in existence. It's long complicated. The boy Samuel, so he was a kid. He wasn't Eli's kid. He was given away by Hannah. And so he was sort of like a foster parent type thing. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Before Jesus came, only certain people got to hear God's voice. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. 
uh, they had like a dorm over here where we got to sleep. Uh, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel, the boy, was lying down in the house of the Lord. So he was in here, where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel. We don't know how he did it. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. So kid hears a voice, thinks it's dad. So uh, gets up and runs over, going, Here I am, call me. Now, not a surprise, child out of bed at night. <laughs> so everyone's like, He's obedient. And I'm like, Is he? Uh, but Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. All parents around the world go, yeah. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. I love this firmer tone this time. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now the word of the, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Now, if this was the Rachel story, this is the third time this kid has gotten out of bed. If this were the Rachel story, it would then read, Then Eli flipped out and was like, No, you can't have a drink. No, I don't care if you have a nightmare. You will get back in bed and stay there, or tomorrow you're going to spend the whole day in there. So, like, I would have just, but Eli was different. Eli goes, hmm, child three times out of bed, it must be God. <laughs> then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lay down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. This Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord says a whole bunch of stuff that's relevant to the nation and not good news for Eli. Uh, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision because it was like bad news for Eli. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Eli said that he did something I don't recommend. This is not something I recommend. Don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely if you hide it from me. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Let's not threaten children. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. I wanted to just highlight a few things here. One, Eli's brain was turned on to the fact that even in the most mundane of parenting moments, God may be doing something. And there are so many times where we are just so sucked into the ordinary everyday of getting through the day that we can not even think that God may be poking our kids. And uh, particularly, I find sometimes our kids are responding to doing something wrong or something, and all of a sudden they're wrestling with shame, and we're busy pulling out the discipline when actually there's an interesting conversation about grace or something God's doing about conviction of sin or there's there's all these things that God can be doing it's just really helpful for us to twig in the ordinary boring bits of life is when God is intervening and speaking and I love that Eli's job was just to point to where God was in Samuel's life God was already doing it it said that Eli didn't even know God. I mean, Samuel didn't even know God. He wasn't this signed up Christian kid. He was just a kid. And God was doing something in his life. And his parents' job was to be like, hey, you know that thing that keeps happening? Might be God. 
and to point to it in life. So I would suggest you trust that God is already at work in your kids' lives. And our job is just to spot it and help our kids know how to respond. That's all Eli did. He was like, hey, I think that might be God. You know, if it happens again, this is how you go. Hey, God, what's up? And he just told them how to respond. So notice it, point to where it is, and help them know how to respond. And then Eli did something that I am in awe of. He was like, the word of the Lord is rare. It's my job as high priest to do this thing. God chooses to speak to a kid. He goes off. I would be like, okay, go back. When God says, you know, you respond to God. And I would be like at that door, like listening. Because like, this is my job and I'm, I'm going to stay out of it technically. But then as soon as like I hear God's voice, I'm going to kick down that door and be like, Lord, it's me, the high priest. And instead, Eli was like, off you go. Have a good time. And then stayed out of it the whole night. And then eventually, like, wandered in the morning. He's like, hey, how it went. And so he debriefed at the end. He, he saw it coming. He spotted it. He helped him know how to respond. He stayed out of it. And then he said, let's talk about it afterwards. That's all we're talking about with our kids and their connection with God. You don't have to make it happen. Trust that God is doing it. And when he's doing it, you can help coach your kids in how to respond. We want our kids to own and know that when they have an encounter with God, it's not something made up. It's not something we force them into. It's their connection that they can trust. And so, um, the one of the first things that our kids need is to know how to catch from Him. I use the word catch because um, because well, I didn't want to use the word prayer. And I think it really helps show kids what it's about because God says in scripture over and over and over again, he's communicating, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking. And, um, and really I think our whole bodies were designed to connect with him. I look in the, I look through all of scripture and I see that our whole bodies are designed to connect with him and we've got to be ready in every way he wants to speak. Cause whenever we say I'm listening to God's voice, kids only think I'm going to hear an audible voice of God who's going to sound like Patrick Stewart um, or any sort of British man, because I don't know why in my head is that, but in your kid, you know, it will sound like God. Uh, and, and they only listen to that and then they think, well, God doesn't speak to me. And actually God is way more creative than we ever think he is. So I use the word catch. Who's really good at catching? You, sir, look like you're excellent at catching. Would you mind coming forward a bit? I want you to watch his body. And this is how I describe it to kids. Um, right. Stay there. Stay there. And you, just for the sake of your life, might want to move slightly. Right. Uh, or yes, or you can just trust the process. Uh, I'm going to throw something to you, and I want you to be ready to catch it, okay? And so, are you ready? That's your, that's your ready position. No, no, you don't have to do any performance. I just want you to notice that many people have many different ways of getting ready. Uh, but you're ready. Are you tuned? Okay. Ready, steady, go. Oh, very nice. Very nice. He was, he was, I was trying to trick him with my thing, but there are many times where I have done this and people have just let the shoe go right past waiting for the pen, but I could have then thrown something else at him and he's, he's ready. He didn't catch it that time. That's okay. You know why? Because what I see in scripture is that God keeps talking. Thank you very much. Let's give him applause. If he was too focused on the pen, thank you very much. If he was too focused on the pen, he would have missed the shoe. But he missed the, sh the pen anyways, probably because of my fault in throwing. But that doesn't mean I stopped communicating. Can you imagine if, if 
if I was like, hey, husband, can you bring me that thing? And then he doesn't, and I'm like, well, I'm never going to say that again. <laughs> Who does that? You talk until you communicate. And I see in this scripture, God saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until Samuel caught it. And, and that's going to happen with our kids. They're going to try this stuff and sometimes they'll catch it and sometimes they won't. And that's okay because we're in a process of recognizing God's voice and we will sometimes catch things and sometimes we won't and that's all right because God is never going to stop communicating with us. But the really important thing that our kids need from us is to know how God communicates because we say really vague stuff within charismatic circles. We're like, I just had a sense that God's saying, or just have a feeling that like God wants us to do something. And we're really vague about it. And the question that every kid has is, well, what does that mean? What does that actually mean? Because that is not clear. I'm sorry. That is not clear. And they need to know all the different ways that God can that all the different ways that God can communicate with us. And so in scripture, we see an enormous amount of ways that God can communicate. And some may be more natural than others. Can I have a pen wiper, a board wiper? Okay, I'm getting exhausted. Thank you. Uh, and so there are many different ways. And so I just want to outline the many different ways that God can speak to kids and the kids can catch from him. Because this is what you're going to end up encouraging your kids in a lot. So uh, one way that we can catch from God is our brains, right? So in scripture, we see lots of times talking about visions and pictures and kids need you to go actually this detailed. Close your eyes. Can you picture your house in your head? And that place that you can picture your house is a place that God can drop pictures and you can show him pictures. It's a place of communication. And you have to be that clear because who here feels comfortable that they get pictures from God in their head? Right. Some people, not all. They need to know it's an option. Right. Would you thank you very much. Uh, and so that is one place that God can drop pictures. Um, sometimes you get Bible verses. There was one kid who I was praying with, and she looked up and she was like, Philadelphians 4.12. What's that? And I'm like, Philadelphians 4.12? Philippians 4.12? She's like, yes, I don't know. It starts with a <laughs> So we look it up, and she started crying, and it was just something, she had been something that she'd been so worried about, and God just gave her a Bible verse to look up and find, and it was really powerful for her. Um, sometimes guided thoughts, um, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at the trees, and then all of a sudden in your head, you're like, you know, God is, I'm, I feel like that one tree. God's like, you aren't alone. You're surrounded by a forest of people I brought. And all of a sudden, you're just in a, a thought conversation. Sometimes it's a still small voice. It's a thought that drops in that you think that wasn't me. Uh, it's it's in your head, and, and we all need to find what that is for us. And that's okay. We can talk about that journey. So sometimes you catch with your brain. Uh, sometimes you catch with your um, emotions or heart, depending on how you want to do it. In a scripture, we see lots of times that God gives us peace or he gives us joy, or we, he gives us a sense of his heart of justice. And sometimes you're just there, and and you're like, oh God, I want to hear from you, and you f feel nothing but peace. That is an, another part of your body catching from God. That isn't just, oh no, I didn't get a word. This is another way that happens. We can catch with our skins. Um, we see this quite a lot. Um, particularly here, that's another way your body can, your body is responding to the God of the universe that we believe is here. I don't go into detail of what that is like. I don't say you might feel hot on your hands or you might feel tingles. I, I try to stay very far away from that because I never want to put in kids' minds what they should be feeling or that or 
or put something in their heads that they try to invent it themselves. It's just, if if God is here and your skin is responding to it, you know about it. Uh, and if they start coming up to me saying, my hands are hot or tingly, or I just feel really like, uh, then I'm like, yeah, I can't walk straight. I got a couple of those from kids. I can't walk straight. What's going on? I'm like, oh, well, that's just because God's like hugging you so heavy you can't walk. It's fine. Uh, and so, it, but that's really helpful because if you have kids who get so overwhelmed with God and they're on the floor, you'd be like, you know what's happening to your body? Okay, what's happening to your body? Is your body's just like, woo, God's here. Uh, and so if that's happening around you, you have a way of explaining it without it being sounding weird or creepy. That's uh, hard skin. Uh, I say guts. Sometimes you just know that you know that you know. I knew that I was supposed to move to England. I couldn't tell you how or why. But I just knew that I knew that I knew I was supposed to move. And there are times where you're just like, well, I describe it to kids like when you see someone getting hurt and there's something inside of you that goes, do something. That sort of just full body thing. Um, there's a kid who was four who was walking along the road and just stopped all of a sudden. He was like, I think God just talked to me. And this parent was like, oh, we have done no chat and catch. She was like, oh, how do you know it was God? He was like, because it felt exciting and scary at the same time. And I was like, excellent description. Yes, that sounds great. Uh, and and she was like, what is it? And he was she, he was just like, you are so good. I'm so happy right now. And he did a little dance all the way to school. Um, ooh, ow, look like uh, what else? Skin, guts, heart. Uh, are, oh, eyes and ears. Sometimes kids do see things with their actual eyes and ears. Sometimes people do hear audible voices of God. So pe- people do see things with their eyes. I never have personally, but I see in scripture that it's a thing. And uh, I've known many kids who have. So it's just worth being aware of that that is another way that God can speak. Um, dreams is a big thing in scripture. I wrote a book about um, who is God in night, sleep, and dreams. And I had to cut out like most of them because God speaks in dreams a lot. Uh, that doesn't mean every dream is from God, but that is a way that he communicates in scripture. And it is a way that he can communicate to our kids. There was one child who had horrific night terrors, horrific night terrors for like two years and couldn't sleep. And his parents were like at the end. And, uh, and we talked about dreams from God. And uh, so he started asking God to get, go on an adventure with him in his dreams. And he had this picture of him riding on a horse towards Jerusalem. And, uh, and, uh, he had, oh, no, I'll tell you a different one. He, there's a, no, I'll tell you that one. Uh, and so he was uh, on a, uh, to Jerusalem and a whole bunch of scary things. He was with Jesus. And a whole bunch of scary things came out and tried to rip him off the horse. And, uh, and he was really scared. And Jesus just whispered in his ear, um, just tell him to go away because of Jesus. Uh, and so he was like, go away because of Jesus. And all the scary things ran away. And, um, and uh, so he woke up and he told his mom and his mom was like, that sounds like a good plan. So what do you want to do about him? He's like, next time I get scared, even in my dream, I'm just going to say, go away because of Jesus. And, uh, and then like he went back into a dream, like a couple of hours later, he, she heard this little voice say, go away in the name of Jesus. And then that was it. She didn't hear screaming. She didn't ask him. And uh, they came to talk to me about six weeks after he had not had one wake up night terror since. Um, because he felt totally equipped to it. In his dream, he'd be like, oh, no, I think this is turning. And he'd bring out the thing. And uh, that was it. There was a coping mechanism that God gave him that, as a parent, she couldn't. Um, and that was it. There was another kid I know who was uh, feeling he was trapped in a ninja nightmare. And uh, something bad was happening, and he was fighting alongside God. 
And then all of a sudden, God stepped in front of him and uh, and shined a really bright light, and everything fell down in front of him, saying, "Holy, holy, holy!" And uh, so the kid was like, "So anytime I feel like it's dark or I feel attacked, I just say, even if I'm on the playground, God, be the light in front of me, and then I feel peaceful and calm because I know God's light is doing fighting for me." And I'm like, "All right, that." To me, aligns with scripture. I'm happy with that. So there are loads of dreams that happens. Is every dream from God? No. But these are all the different ways that we can catch. So when we're doing things like just catching from God and asking God questions and things, there are so many ways to say, you know, don't worry about what it's going to be like. We're all on a journey of recognizing it, but we always give an opportunity and you'll get better at recognizing what God's saying to you. Um, so I'm going to do a... Am I going to do it? I'm going to do a... Yeah, we'll do just a little exercise. Uh, So this is one of the ways that we can do it, is you can start by asking a really simple question. Sometimes we always expect that if you're going to ask God questions, it's going to be something like really serious. And so we're going to ask God a question, and we're going to trust that he is going to respond. And um, we're not going to dismiss it. We're not going to say it's stupid. We're not going to say We're just going to go with it for the moment. This is just an exercise, not a theological treatise on anything. So uh, are you ready for this? Okay. You don't have to do anything else besides be you. Uh, so I'm just going to pray for your brains. God, sometimes our brains are swirly and we have lots of stuff going around in it. And just for this moment, God, we want to reach up and recognize what you're saying to us. And so I'm going to ask the question and you're just going to catch his response. God, if you could play one game with me right now, what would it be? Don't think about it. Don't try to invent something. It's probably the first thing that pops in your mind, but don't worry about it. And then just say, why that game, God? Yeah. Would anybody be willing to share? Yes. Hide and seek. And why hide and seek? Because you loved that game when you were kids, and he was like, you do that with your kids. Great. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. He brings me to the toilet because that's what I need most right now. He's going to race you to the toilet because that's what you need most right now. First of all, I release you to go to the toilet. But uh, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, none of us will watch. Um, but that's great. But that's uh, wonderful. What, what, what did you get? Monopoly. Monopoly. Why Monopoly? Because he wanted to take you to lots of different places. Because he wanted to take you to a lot of different places. <laughs> God will... Be consistent to speak. Now, some of us were like, this is too fast and I'm outside and this is weird. Um, who struggled to catch in this scenario? That's okay. You know why? Because we're all on a journey of catching from God. And sometimes we are better in certain circumstances and not. And sometimes we're better attuned to what it is. But God will keep saying it if you want to know. So position yourself in a different way and try catching with a different thing. Does that make sense? We can do little things like that. Now, I want to talk about discernment because that's what all of us are thinking. Yeah, but not everything is thing. And how do we tell the kids? Uh, The way I do it is I don't make myself the center of their discernment process. I teach them how to discern for themselves. And so um, there are some people who advocate being like, there's God, there's the enemy, there's your own thoughts, there's and I am too lazy to explain all of that. So I have God, not God. Um, And so... If it's God, if it's not God, I don't really care what it is. So, um, so if it's God, not God, for me, there are three sort of discernment tools that I sort of have. One, does it sound like God? Um, and this is why scripture is important. 
um, because uh, everything that we feel from God will always align with Scripture. And so um, it does sound like God. It's sort of like uh, if if you have like that juice, that red juice you have, is it ling- lingamary juice? Um, red juice that will stain carpet. And if your parent always said you can never drink this juice on the white carpet, ever, your life will end if you drink this, li- this juice on the carpet. And then I come over to your house and be like, hey, we can drink juice on your carpet. Your mom said it's okay. None of your children would be like, sure, I believe you. They'd be like, you're lying. <laughs> Feel free to take your life from your so exciting. Uh, and so they they know who you are, and they wouldn't agree to something that because they know you very well, and that's why all of the scripture stuff is important. That's why teaching them about who God is and the character of God and having those conversations is important. So we can say, does that sound like God? There was one kid who was playing in a violin recital, and she came down, and she was just instantly she was just like, I'm terrible, I'm rubbish, I should just give it up, and she was like, maybe God's saying that I just shouldn't stop playing anymore, and the parent was like, wait a minute, we know God's voice. Um, always speaks life and encouragement to us. And it says, make a joyful noise to God. So anything that comes out of you is not something that he would say you're rubbish at. That isn't what it is. You prayed before you went up there that it would be honoring to God. He's not going to say you were terrible. So that um, that doesn't get to stay in your head anymore. So let's just crumple it up, throw it out. And uh, there you go. And that's what it is. You just sort of hold it up to scripture. Does it sound like that? Two, um, what is the fruit of it? Scripture is very clear that God's voice will always pull us towards him. Even conviction, even showing us our sin is to draw us closer to him. So if if something pops in your head or makes you feel that all of a sudden you feel you want to run away from God and that you are angry God, you're pushing away from God, that's not of God. And so we can say, is it, how does it make you feel? Is It doesn't mean it's always going to be positive. It's not going to be like God's always sprinkles and unicorns. But uh, it will it will make you want to put down something and come closer to him. So what's the fruit of it? And three, what do wise people think? Wise people can be wrong. And it's you're responsible for what you believe to be God. But that's why we have wise people around us to say, what do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking on. And we, this is what we do all the time. We write it down. So if you absolutely know it's not right, you throw it away. If you're not sure, you write it down with a big question mark and talk to wise people about it and hold it up to scripture. And if you're absolutely sure, you write it down and you talk with your community about what I do to take the next steps in it. This, there is no perfect way of making this happen. But when we open up stuff, then we begin to show our kids. So create windows into how you catch from God and when. And when you struggle and be like, I'm not sure if this is God or not and why. Um, frame for them, you know, if you ever notice before I go into work, I take, you know, we, I just pause for a second, I close my eyes and breathe and that's just not me breathing, that's me saying okay God, I really need to catch your peace right now can you pour some peace into my heart, uh, and so you're framing for them what's going on, you're equipping them to do all of this you're creating opportunities to say, you know as we're laying in bed, you know, you can say, I'm really struggling at work and I would really appreciate you praying for me and Helping me catch what God's saying now. And uh, if you wouldn't mind doing that, great. And if you don't want to, that's all right. I just like to catch around you because it's nice. And whatever it is, create opportunities to do that. We don't need to force them to do it. There's no need to say, like, right, let's catch from God. What did you get? You know, anytime it turns into a performance, it becomes about us and not about them and God. But we can say, you know, oh, when we pray for them, you know, praying for oh God, bring your blessings and stuff. And we're just going to wait because God's going to give you some stuff. And then you can debrief, what was that like? Um, 
and they can say, I don't know, they can say, I'm not sure, they can say, God was giving a picture, there was a small kid today, she was like four or five, uh, we did chat and catch in the four to sixes this morning, um, and uh, she was saying, God was just really helping me think, we were just having a good conversation, and we were thinking a lot together, I was like, excellent, that's great, I don't need to know what you were thinking about, um, but she just wanted to share, that's what was going on with her, uh, it's... It's just a way, the debriefing is a way of helping them talk about it, not of them reporting to you what happened. Because it's totally okay for them to say, it's between me and God. That's totally all right. But if you ever get worried, scared, thinking, wanting to chat it through, that's what I'm here for, to help you always feel confident that you know what's going on. Does that make sense? Questions. I know it's really important that we have some space. What are your questions? What are your fears? What are your worries? What are your comments? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And uh, I tried some of the stuff. Yes. Sometimes it, it works. And yes. I just feel like I make it weird. <laughs> yes. I'm almost seven year old. Yes. So I think I get scared of making it weird because yes. I'm trying something new. Yes. So she's saying that, that she's seen some of my videos before and so she's tried some stuff and sometimes she, it's working good and sometimes she feels like she's making it weird. Uh, and so sometimes what I'd analyze is what makes it feel weird. Because sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's that they're just not in the mood. Uh, and sometimes it's that, um, that that's just a weird thing for them at that moment. So I would stick with wherever they are now. So if they're really into chatting, that's great. And sometimes then you're just modeling catch. And then you may want to create an opportunity for them to try catch later. Um, do you want to give an example and I can speak to it or no? Well, I have another thing. You have another thing. Fine. That thing. Go for it. I think my girl, uh, she asked, she, was it talked about, I don't really know what I should do with this because I can't see, because we can't see God. Yes. And and I think you've said sometimes, maybe here or in the videos, that we shouldn't explain everything, but I don't even know how to explain Right. How do you explain the I can't see God yeah, thing? Why, why, and then you went there yesterday and she weren't there. Tired, <laughs> and, you know, with the water yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, if you can't see God, that's okay. I can't see God either with my eyes. Some yeah. people can't. I can't. Um, but the reason I know that God is real is I don't try to explain the whole thing. So I do. What do we know? Well, I know that God is real because he speaks to me, because he touches me, because I see him change people's lives, because um, I read that it's true and I see it work out around me all the time. And so in some ways, I'm okay that he's invisible because that doesn't mean he's not real. When I talk to your grandma on the phone, it's not like she's gone. It's just that I can't see her right now. And I I know that, that God is real because I can hear him and I can see him and I can see what he's left. And we come in to the house and we see that someone's been there because things have been moved. Um, I don't need to see the person to know that he is absolutely real. Um, but how do you feel about that? I know sometimes, I sometimes want to be able to see and touch God. That's what faith is about, is going, I, I know God because of all these things. And I'm okay with not seeing him. And one day I will see him, just not right now. And and it doesn't, I don't think we need to worry about logicking our kids into the right answer. If kids, Some kids are apologetics kids, and there is some apologetic stuff for kids that's like answers to everything. But a lot of it is, what is your answer to that? And how do you negotiate it? Does that make sense? Um, and asking her, what does she think and why? And why does she struggle with that? And if she could change one thing about God, what would it be and why? Because it would be easier. It would be easier if God was real at, right in front of you and showed up in full body form. That would make it really nice. Yes. Could you implement this 
as well on people who are searching for God? Yes. So this is, everything I've taught you in the last two days is essentially how to not be a weird Christian around other people and we just apply it to children. So I do this stuff with completely unchurched people, fringe people all the time because this is the, it's the same skills. It's saying this is what it looks like for me. This is what it looks like where, where I see God. This is, I see how this has gotten warped in you and this is how I see God and we can talk about it and doing this. So I do chat a lot with people who aren't Christians yet because I say God hears every sigh of your heart and he wants to know that and I say God is speaking and I talk them through this I've had many people from local estates and many people from prisons who've been like um, God woke me up in the middle of the night and started talking to me about this stuff uh, because someone told them that God does speak and then they were aware of it and then they were like what was that and they had a conversation and so when when you create framework for it you're saying this is how God does do it and if you ever want to talk about it if that's happening to you I'd love to coach you in it and so we're not forcing it to happen we're not making it happen we're saying this is who we know God to be and I want to help you do that because God is not going to work according to my structures he's going to do his thing and i get to follow along and frame it and and coach them in that so yes absolutely um this is important skills for unbelievers new believers anyone who's coming in this is a great way to to get them into it i teach adults this as i'm sure you think any other questions comments thoughts concerns i'm going to ask the awkward question which is what happens if it doesn't happen and your kid gets disappointed in god and then you're afraid that they're going to walk away um you guys didn't ask um (laughs) One, I would rather them be disappointed and worried and walk that when I'm in their life than when I'm not in their life. And so part of me goes, yeah, you know what? There are times in my life where I've really struggled with that too. And this is how I've coped with it. And so when I'm feeling like I can't find God or like when God changed completely, when I got cancer, I'm clear by the way. Um, when I got cancer, I remember I stopped hearing his words. I stopped getting any pictures. I stopped getting anything. And but I could just feel like God's belly. My kid likes pushing his face into my belly so much that like it wraps around his face. And uh, cause I can do that and you can't. And, uh, he, and that's what I felt with God. I couldn't hear him at all, but I could just feel him there. And I remember just telling my kids, sometimes it's, sometimes you're in a season of catching in a different way and that's all right. And my kid was like, um, I feel like I'm catching God through science. And I'm like, Tell me more about that. And he's like, every time I see science, I'm like, wow, God, you're really cool. And I just see new things about God and science. Is that a way of catching from God? And I'm like, sounds like it. I mean, it's none of my business. Yeah, sure, sounds great. Uh, as long as it's poking your heart and trying you're close to God, that's a way of catching from him. And, and so it's okay that your kid goes through seasons where it doesn't, not getting pictures or not feeling it on your skin. It's how we coach them in response to that that becomes the powerful thing. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, um, do you ever say that? I don't ever say that. So the the thing is, she was saying in prophetic ministry, sometimes we say sometimes God speaks and sometimes God doesn't. Um, I don't tend to say that because the God I see in Scripture is the God who's constantly speaking, uh, and so uh, I don't tend to say God might not be speaking to you because then kids are like God never talks to me, and they begin to discount themselves from the promises of Scripture. And I see the promise that if we call to Him, He will respond. So. Um, so I say that God is constantly talking, but sometimes we're all on the journey of learning to recognize it. And whether or not we manage to catch this time, that's okay. 
we're going to try again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. But God always has something to tell us. And um, and how we catch it and when we catch it is all right. Because sometimes it feels pressury when everybody's around and we have to give the word and stuff like that. Some people don't like being pressured. That's okay. That doesn't mean he's not talking to you. It just means that right now, it was hard to catch. I've tried to catch like over my shoulder running and stuff. That just I just wasn't in the right position. Uh, and that's okay. God will be faithful to throw another one. So when you're in bed or when you're out walking in nature or when you're alone or when you're worshiping worship music, always pay attention because you'll find the way that you and God catch best. Does that make sense? Yes. Can I share something? Please, share. Um, okay, so maybe about 20 years ago, so... I used to hear a lot from God and... Okay, hold on, I want you to have the microphone because otherwise... Uh, okay, so um, maybe like 20 years ago, I had a period where I had felt like God was talking to me a lot and I was felt very close to God. And then I sensed one night that God said, okay, now I'm, you're not going to hear straight from me for some time. And the reason for that is that you need to be ministered to by other people also and allow community to come into your heart. Um, and that was really powerful because I think I used to rely straight on my communication with God and not sort of allowing people to come close to me. So, uh, and after that I was in a, like this home group and like their prayer for me and their sharing with me was really very important for some years. So I just want to it want, want to say, say say that because of what you said about like God talking through different moods, uh, different ways in different periods of our life. So uh, I just want to share that. And what I love about though is God told you himself what the season was that you're going to be in. <laughs> and so so it wasn't that you entered a season and someone tried to explain it to you. You you knew from God that this was the season that you were in. And I think that whenever our kids are in a season, we trust that, that God is going to coach them through that. And, and they'll do that. There are kids who have persevered for a year in catching God's voice and feeling comfortable with just laying next to God. Some of my super Christian kids were like, I want to be able to perform this well. And God was like, we're just going to lay next to each other. And so they were like, my, t- my connection with God is like sitting in a car and not talking to God. But it's really nice because you just know he's there. And that was their main communication for like a whole year. And then all of a sudden words started coming. And whatever it is like, we are saying we're all on a journey. And it's okay if it doesn't look like perfect right now. It's never going to look. There's nobody in this church who's like, I'm consistently and always catching from God immediately how I know. <laughs> we are all on the journey. And I want to be with you on yours. And so as you chat to God and do everything that way, and he's chatting back, and this is a conversation back and forth, you tell God and he's going to answer right away. You don't have to separate them into two chunks. It's not like chat to God and then later, because no kid's like, you know what I want to do? Just talk to me for 10 minutes, parent. I just want to listen. That is just not their thing. So I expect the same level of communication that I expect that they have with their peers. So four-year-olds talk about everything with their peers, that's silly stuff. So I, I expect that kind of conversation to happen with kids. I don't expect them to sound more mature. I don't expect them to get different pictures. Your kids are going to get in pictures of Spider-Man and all sorts of stuff. It will not look like adults. I see a wreath of flowers floating in a river. 
of beauty with the symbolism of a dove. Like, they don't get that. They get, like, I see Spider-Man being taken over by black stuff, and God's saying that it's not going to get to my heart. Like, you know, it's going to sound like a kid, and that's okay. It's not our job to judge it. It's our God to coach them in discerning it. Uh, and so expect it to look like that. Uh, and expect your kids to want to ask God a whole bunch of questions that you never thought. I, my kids always want to ask, like, what's God's favorite color? What's his favorite pizza? Um, what does he want to do tomorrow? And I love it. I once ran an experiment on children because I do do that. And I was like, let's all ask God what his favorite color is. And two-thirds of them came up with the exact same color, which was fascinating. Um, yeah. So uh, whatever you do, are you encouraged? Do you feel more confident? You don't have to say totally confident. Do you, have you moved minutely further towards confident? Okay, good. Uh, if you have any other questions, I will be standing here and happy to answer them for as long as you want um, uh, in person live so you don't feel like trapped there. Because, you know, some people need to wee. So uh, I want to make sure that you feel um, confident and ready, but you can do this. And so I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you that you ha uh, speak to our kids and you want to hear everything that's on their heart. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, make us confident and bold to do this with our kids, uh, not in a way that we feel pressured or... Uh, in a way that we want to move faster than our kids are. But God, I pray that you would equip us and make us bold to trust you, that you are the God who speaks, that you are the God who are ahead of us, that you are um, wanting to connect with our kids in a way that looks like them. Teach us how to be wise and how we create space for them, how we debrief with them, how we help them discern your voice, that they may go on a lifelong journey like Samuel to be somebody who is attested among the nation as someone who consistently and fruitfully hear God's voice and communicates with him with fullness and light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, everybody. And, uh, yeah, you. you have been listening to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. For more information, please visit the Vineyard Nordic's website, vineyardnordic.org.